Round one. Fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 288th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by HP.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. Go get some of their gear on your and in your ears as soon as you can. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me, as is tradition, my podcast writer, die, who can be found on them socials, at Miss Ali Hart. Miss Ali Hart, how the bloody hell are you for this weekday edition of THG recapping all of the conferences? Feels like only a, only a few days ago since we last spoke. <laughs> That's it. We need, we need to stop meeting like this. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're here to, uh, I guess, put the bow on this uh, past week's festivities as far as showcases and conferences. Today we're going to be covering, uh, you know, the, the, the best and brightest bits from the Guerrilla Collective, the Capcom Showcase, and obviously the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase and Showcase Extended edition there so uh plenty of juicy content to talk about and unpack but uh mm. i don't really think we need to talk about much like um i've i've finished the quarry twice Ooh, now nice nice um wait feels twice. really good yeah I, I replayed like the two last chapters again to, to get the no death run because i oh. lost a couple of characters at the end there so fair enough yeah, but really enjoy my time with that you said you've gotten to about chapter four or five now so yeah. you're about halfway through yeah, so yeah, and I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the pressures and the anxieties of making no mistakes. So far, so good, but I, I don't want to chuck a Brendan and jinx myself, so I'm just going to knock on yeah. wood on that one. It was smooth sailing. Like, it was the reverse Stephen Bradbury. I was, I was like the one of the the leaders of that Stephen Bradbury race and I was so far out in front, got to that last chapter and stumbled at the finish line and, uh, yeah, lost lost Dylan and Caitlin in my playthrough, so, uh, no. you know, rest in peace. But it's great. We've got a spoiler cast coming out in the near future, so uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Uh, just a really quick helicopter rapid review I wanted to say. I went and watched Jurassic World Dominion uh, oh, yeah. last night. Yeah. And uh, as, as the, the resident dinosaur apologist and Jurassic Park superfan... Uh, I would like to say that the internet is wrong. This movie is actually pretty bloody good, and I really enjoyed my time with it. Okay. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I am still a person that has not seen a Jurassic Park movie to its full extent, so I'm not even the original. Re- even the original. I wow. I think I got up to the part with the lizard spitting in the guy's face. Ah, uh, yep. Um, yep. and I think that was about it. I think I kind of clocked out as a kid then because I think that halfway. actually terrified me. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't actually seen how it ends. I don't know mm. if they even get off the island or whatever. So who knows? Well, you've got uh, that plus another five movies to consume eventually. But uh, the the best way to describe this movie is. Think of like bands you loved in the nineties or eight, you know, think of those old nostalgic bands that are still like touring today and like you'll go see them and it's probably not the best or, or they're not at the peak of their powers that they were in say nineteen ninety three when Jurassic Park One came out, but they play all those hits you know and love. 
And that's what this movie is. It's like sort of like a bit of a love letter to to the first one. Like there's so many Easter eggs and nods to the first movie or interactions from the first movie or like redoing scenes or adjusting them ever so slightly. There's so there's so many like fan servicey moments, but I was eating it up. I was having a great time and I'm like, Oh, there's that. Oh, I remember this. Oh, they're doing that. Like it was just like that the whole time. I was like Leonardo DiCaprio on the couch in my movie chair doing that point constantly for two hours and 20 minutes but it's, it's good like it's not it's not an oscar winner by any stretch of the imagination but great popcorn film really like what they did with it there was some cheese in there but i'm fine with it i enjoyed it Fair seven enough. out of ten. Seven. okay okay that's friendlier than a lot of people have given it so i've heard some people say nice things about it i've also heard some people say terrible things about it so i guess uh, everyone can kind of maybe meet in the middle yeah i can i can sort of um understand where some of the terrible things are because there is a few moments where you're like oh my god seriously like what's going on here but then some big set piece happens or a big cool moment i'm like oh what i've forgotten about that thing i was just having a gripe with but jurassic world dominion good fun uh you know funny some horror, some action, some drama, some big boom moments. Like it's mm-hmm. uh it's a good film, well recommended if you're looking for a big popcorn movie to see you through till Thor next month. Because oh, that's what, three weeks away, I think, till Love and Thunder comes out, and I cannot wait for that though. Yeah, and then the black phone comes out next month too. Oh, it's gonna be so good. Chockers. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. But uh, I like that you use the word chockers because this episode is chockers full of new announcements. So we're not going to worry about housekeeping. We're not going to worry about competitions and giveaways. That stuff can wait. We're done talking about what we've been doing. But Miss Hart, let's just jump here. This week's news headlines. I guess we could start with uh, the the indie showcase known as the Gorilla Collective. So this Mm. uh, played out over the last couple of days, uh, about 24 to 36 hours ago, give or take that time of recording here. Uh, A good smattering of titles. We're not going to deep dive on every single one, but we'll start with a couple that sort of stood out. And um, one of the first ones there was Hellpie. So it's Mm. uh, been announced for a July release date. Uh, it's the, the Conker's Bad Fur Day-like demon action platformer from Head Up and Slugify. Uh, was shown off in a safe-for-work trailer, in air quotes, where they pretty much censored a third of anything on screen because it's very crass. It looks great. The tone looks very interesting. What did you think of Hellpie? I like this one. I think this is the second time we've seen it. I can't remember when the first time we saw like a trailer, maybe it was an announcement trailer for this one, but I kind of like its style. I like how crass it is. I like how raw it is. I like the comparison to Conker's Bad Fur Day because I feel that. I feel that's pretty accurate. Um, I'm going to keep this one on my on my radar because it looks like the right kind of messed up for me. I love that. And and the great thing is we don't have to wait too long at all because coming out no. next month. So uh, we'll be able to see what Hellpie is all about within the next four to six weeks. Uh, we also got a nice gameplay trailer for Navalis. So that's uh, from Ion Lands, the developer of Cloudpunk. So they showcased a nice gameplay slice um, set in the same cyberpunk city as their previous title. We saw a lot of like neon soaked slices, slice of life sort of functionalities where you're growing and managing a restaurant and nightclub empire in said city. So uh, really, really cool aesthetic. You know, we, we just sort of eat up that sort of cyberpunk neon fever dream vibe. And uh, yeah, this one's certainly on my radar. Yeah, looks peaceful. It looks like you might get to just kind of escape into the cyberpunk 
city environment and just chill. The karma side of cyberpunk. There's yeah. no uh, Johnny Silverhand's uh, crazy debauchery going on. You're just uh, running a nightclub in a restaurant and just having a great time. Gone fishing. Yeah, I love fishing. Uh, Lost in Play is also one. It's uh, it's sort of like a children's cartoon style vibe. Um, Akashu is a brother and sister who must explore dreamscapes, uh, befriend magical creatures and solve puzzles in order to make your way back home. Really cute, very endearing looking game. Um, mm. Yeah, stood out amongst a lot of the titles in the Gorilla Collective today. This one was very sweet. Um, I I actually was surprised to see it because I, I remember um, on Reddit, I can't remember which subreddit it is, I think it was probably the game dev one, um, where um, the this studio has been just posting like small snippets of this game. And everyone loved it because it, it look it looks like a like a cartoon. It looks like you know something that you probably could have watched as a kid. But um, what I love about this game is that it's the the creators are saying that they're trying to keep it true to the point and click adventures that they grew up with. And I see it like like I felt very nostalgic when I saw this game. So um, I'm I'm actually really looking forward to this one because this one just looks very sweet. It's very cute. So yeah, it's it's worth chucking on your radars. Listeners, uh, we also then got a, a nice uh, a few assortments as far as new trailers and announcements on the block. Glitchbusters stuck on you, Necrosmith, Elsie, and then uh, we just had an announcement for an early beta for a game called Biwa Legends of Dragon Slayer, and that's um, a game that looks like a bit of an indie fusion between God of War and Kena Bridge of Spirits, which is obviously the, the fantastic Sony exclusive that came out last year, mixing in plenty of puzzles, combat, and exploration. I think this one's worth uh, keeping an eye on too. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, when you relate them to those two games, you're probably hopefully onto something. But ov- overall, it just looks it just looks pretty. It looked it like really a really is. pretty environment. Another one that looked really pretty, uh, Coral Island, launch- launching in early access this coming, excuse me, this coming October. And uh, it's Stardew Valley meets Animal Crossing. So a nice, big, juicy community sim. And the fact it's coming out in a couple of months... And obviously, we're we're both big fans. You especially on the Animal oh, yeah. Crossing realm and Stardew. If if they can get another another community sim, another world builder there, that's going to allow us to lose hundreds of hours um, building up our little little respective islands. I'm all for it. Yeah, they've com- smashed the two best games that that they possibly could to sell that game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, tick and tick. Next thing equals profit. All right, we also got a, a trailer announcement for Lords of Ravage, which is going to be coming out this November. Uh, and then we saw a explainer trailer for Wanderlost, which is a zombie-infested world you need to survive by gathering materials, crafting weapons, tools, and building shelters uh, to try and um, survive in this post-apocalyptic society, which is kind of in a pot like it's a very it was a positive spin you know there's zombies and everything going on around here but the tone is so was not cute. walking dead that's for sure <laughs> it was actually really really cute and um this is like another like i wouldn't say it's identical but the style once again reminded me sort of of like don't starve together and i i kind of liked this whole idea of you know approaching the zombie survival experience but you know doing the whole gathering materials building yourself a little little house and everything um i thought it was cute i I might have to keep an eye out for that one too it it was cute something else that's cute just the naming and the wordplay spookalele demo has been announced for that uh just just the title itself i I love a i love a witty title and spookalele i'm like yeah okay 
Might have to find some time to check out the demo. It didn't look like it was something that was typically in my wheelhouse, but uh, it intrigued me. Then we got a gameplay trailer for Falling Out. Uh, also, some gameplay explaining the trailers on Ghost Lore and Evil. And we also got a trailer for Ending Extinction is Forever, which is oh. a game, or Endlink, sorry, not Ending. Um, it places you in the paws of the last mother fox on Earth. So you've got to teach your cubs how to survive this harsh world or your species will be gone forever. So Absolute tearjerker, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it this, was this pretty This game is going to make me cry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm down to play it, though. I'm uh, down to feel very fragile as a little fox. Loving some foxes. <laughs> or a big fox, I guess, if you're the mama fox. Uh, we also had an open alpha week announced for Above Snakes, which is a Western-inspired base builder set in an isometric tile-based world uh, where you can explore different biomes and uncover the mysterious secrets buried within. So uh, the open alpha week has commenced right now. It was uh, started from June 13th, and it's running through to June 20, I guess, slash twenty twenty. Uh, slash 21 here for Australia and it's open for everyone to try so if Above Snakes sounds like a game for you you can jump in and try it now at no cost uh, over the next few days yeah it was a good spin on like um, like almost like procedural builders kind of thing yeah it looked looked pretty good uh, certainly not a not a genre that I play too heavily but I'm like mm, maybe maybe yeah. and as as is the greatness with a lot of these showcases is is the game's coming out right now? There's demos and alphas and betas that you can get in early and uh, sink yeah. your teeth in to see if it's going to be for you. Uh, and then I'll just do another quick runoff here as far as other games that got uh, a bit more love and focus. We had ORX or Oryx, I guess you could pronounce it as. Uh, Please mm. Touch the Artwork was another one that got a bit of focus. Vivarian, Research and Destroy, Ninja or Die, and Captain Velvet Meteor, The Jump Plus Dimensions. So uh, there was a good amount of games there, you know, close to or just under two dozen games or so in the Guerrilla Collective there. Whole heap of genres, whole heap of art styles and tones, and there's certainly something for everyone there. Uh, well worth checking out the, the Guerrilla Collective showcase. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think they did a good job in kind of um, putting together a lot of indie titles of different styles and makes and everything um, and just putting them together. Also, just overall in a presentation, um, we always talk about that there's sometimes um, a lot of downtime in showcases and sometimes that can be wasted <laughs> wasted time. I don't want to say that, but um, some of us like prefer to kind of just, you know, you know, get Keep a few trailers up. Exactly right. Yeah. So um, I think they did really well with this presentation while having a few little tidbits in the middle. And I like that it was a mix of game trailers and then some other games kind of doing more in depth of what their game is about. So it was a good, it was a good showcase, I believe. Yeah. I, I think um, it certainly respected the the viewer's time on that yeah, one. Yeah. Definitely. Like they, they, they juggled real gameplay slices announcements with some nice little dev interactions and, and kept it at a pretty good pace. Hmm. Uh, another showcase that I th- clocked in at a pretty good pace was the Capcom showcase. So uh, Recapcom is what we're going to title this one. Sorry about that. That's ter- terrible. But uh, only rolled in for around 30 minutes, this one. Uh, didn't mm-hmm. didn't have anywhere near the amount of games that were showcased in something like the Guerrilla Collective, for example. Um, it was led off with Street Fighter Six, where they ever so slightly expanded on the exact same trailer that we got at Summer Game Fest, which is mm-hmm. a bit annoying. And... The announcement or the focus on Street Fighter Six that there's going to be one more announcement in 2022. So there was an announcement for an announcement to come. Um, okay, Capcom. Right <laughs> on. Uh, still looks pretty. I still really like what they're doing with the art style. I know you weren't a big fan of sort of the the color splashes and the graffiti with the special moves, but I think it looks funky. 
like like don't get me wrong there's like it has like a style about it um but just to me for some reason there's a lot of like bits of this like that we've seen from the game that's feeling pretty dated or a callback to like like styles or attempts that were kind of done to kind of make games look cooler or edgier or I guess more connected with the youth I don't know um like I'm not a street fighter person so because so this is obviously still not geared towards me anyway but I don't know there's just like certain things that I'm seeing within these trailers where like um, character models for the actual characters like the actual fighters are super detailed and they look amazing and then they're interacting with people in the street and their faces are just really um like basic and like not detailed at all so I mean you know still still got time to fix but yeah I just I don't know Street Fighter 6 it hasn't wowed me yeah, it's like the the in-game fighting looks great, but I'm with you. Like when you see the the open world, my my fighter, we're just going to call it here. That's not the name, but that's what we'll call it here for now. Yeah, the the world itself looks great, but yeah, some of those characters that this nameless, faceless character you're controlling as you walk these streets, it's a stark contrast between Definitely. their level of detail and Johnny Smith that's working at the, the little pop-up food stand there that he walks past or something. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's weird things that I've noticed about these trailers. But and like I said, I'm, I'm not the target market, so they probably don't really care what I have to say. But just what I've taken away from the trailer. Who knows? Maybe this other announcement that's coming in 2022 will be the one to sell sell it for you. So, yeah. So, so any Street Fighter fans or, or fighting fans, just know that we've got another Street Fighter Six oriented announcement coming sometime in 2022. <laughs> Ah, uh, boy, howdy. Uh, the next thing that Capcom sort of jumped into was Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, which is a, in quotes, massive expansion to the Switch and PC exclusive Monster Hunter Rise. And yeah, they showed a new trailer revealing more details that it will be getting a demo also, which is available to play right now. So any Monster Hunter Rise fans that wanted to try out Sunbreak, there is a demo available right now for PC and Switch users. The trailer also shared some of the maps and monsters fans can expect, and they include returning monsters Daimo, Hermitor, Espinas, Gormagala, and Pyre Rachna Kadaki in a new form. Uh, the jungle map from Monster Hunter 2 will also be available and is being enhanced to match Rise's more open areas. Lucent Nagakuka, no, Lucent Naragakuga was also announced to be joining Sunbreak in August as part of a free title update and more updates will arrive in fall, winter, and next year. Sunbreak will officially be released on June 30, 2022. Um, I have not played Monster Hunter Rise on Switch or PC. I played some Monster Hunter on the PlayStation a couple of years ago, but I enjoyed it. I have not gone back. This is great from what I can see uh, with the tried and true Monster Hunter fans out there. They're excited for this, especially for the Switch players, but it wasn't a big needle mover for me. Uh... More so, I'm going to sound a bit snobby here, but graphically, obviously, the Switch is not as strong as a PlayStation 5, Xbox, or PC, so the graphical fidelity was not always shining through in this Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak trailer. 
to be honest, the the quality of the stream overall wasn't um, great. We're gonna, we should really like have a talk about um, when you have these kind of gaming events and you're trying to showcase the best of what you've got, and yet you're streaming in like 720. <laughs> like, you know, you can't like this isn't just for Capcom, by the way. This is this has been a returning problem with the streams. Um, you know, you can't be like we're showing a game in 4K, but we're streaming at seven, you know, 720 it's or 1080. Baffling, isn't it? I, yeah. I had to pivot for. A second i paused the I, I didn't watch the capcom stream live but i watched it like on demand yeah and i noticed that i paused it for a second i'm like is my internet like laggy is it buffering right now like is it scaled back down and then i jumped into like i clicked on to let's say the ign recap of it it was the same thing so capcom yeah. was just spitting this video feed out at some low res it was disgusting it was rough. It was rough. So, I mean, these games, if they were struggling already, then they didn't, you know, the streaming quality didn't help. Yeah. But what do you think? Did uh, did this incentivize you or make you want to jump into Monster Hunter on the Switch at all? No. I, I No one's been able to sell me on Monster Hunter, unfortunately. Um, I, I understand the qualities that certain people like about it, but from watching other people play it, it just doesn't look like my kind of thing. I think it's a game, at least for me, I enjoyed it when I was playing with other people. Solo, oh, yeah, I could see that. Not a good time. But, uh, yeah, all the Monster Hunter fans out there, I think they'll be excited to be jumping into the demo right now or playing the Sunbreak DLC in 15 days' time at time of recording. Uh, yeah. We then got a, um, a Dragon's Dogma 10th anniversary event, which was teased, but no sequel announcement. So they just said, yep, we're celebrating Dragon's Dogma. It's been 10 years. Hooray for us. Uh Great action RPG. I really enjoyed Dragon's Dogma, but no sequel, no nothing. Just a bit of a celebratory high five because it's been 10 years since that game came out. Yeah. <laughs> no played it. Anyway, so. got to celebrate them wins, I guess. Uh, we then got an extended look at Exo Primal. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny because I was just praising how great and cheesy and fantastic Jurassic World Dominion is. And then yes. this Exo Primal is full of dinosaurs and I could not care less about this game if I tried like it looks so silly and not in the silly ways that sort of hook me it just looks silly and soulless and just I don't understand it it's a mess this game for me yeah I don't get it I like okay so from what I can understand is it's a it's a pvp game so it's you have a team and you're going against another team on a map however within the central area of this map between both teams there is a dinosaur with a like a like almost like a horde mentality of like mm -hmm. little minion little tiny dinosaurs or whatever and you kind of are attacking them as well and you're trying to defeat them i don't know if you then consider killing the other team or if it's about which team does the most kills that I didn't um didn't remember um but I I just I could not believe this oh, game looked really chaotic and unfinished um it kind of looks like a mishmash of ideas and my husband had the nerve to call it destiny's gambit <laughs> that would have made your blood boil it really did. I said, how very dare you? Um, so, yeah, this it was a trailer where I guess even though I thought I understood what was happening, maybe I didn't. Maybe I actually got everything wrong about how you play the game. But I don't think, <coughs> I don't think that fault is on me. It's, it's Anthem with dinosaurs. and I got Anthem vibes with when they were walking through like the city and environment yeah. and stuff. I'm like, this looks like someone used like Anthem. 
Yeah, they, they've bought the assets of, uh, <laughs> of of Bioware and just tossed them into here. But um, yeah, like like maybe maybe playing this game because they've they've confirmed that there's going to be a closed network test before the game comes out in 2023. When that will happen, who knows? But uh, maybe getting our hands on the game might change our opinions. But from a dinosaur loyalist, this move, this game did not like hook me at all. Like there's velo- like yeah, there's little hordes of lost raptors running around. There's big yeah. T-Rexes. There's all kinds of cool beasties out there. And mixing in that PvPVE uh, mechanic is great. But the game just couldn't hook me, and I just could not care less. Which is sad to say out loud. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think probably a lot of people were pretty confused with this one. Yeah, but uh, the Capcom showcase finished with an absolute bucket load of Resident Evil-related announcements, and uh, the biggest one, I'd say, is the Winters expansion, which is the first DLC for Resident Evil Village. It's going to be releasing on October the 28th of 2022, and Shadows of the Rose is a new story that will follow Ethan Winters' daughter Rose and will serve as a sequel of sorts to the main campaign. Unlike the main game, Shadows of Rose will take place from a third-person perspective and will see Rose entering the, in quotes, consciousness of the Mega Mycite, a place where time and space are warped beyond recognition. Uh, Resident Evil Village's winter expansion will also add the Mercenaries, additional orders, which, among other things, will let players finally play as Lady Dimitrescu, Chris Redfield and Carl Heisenberg will also be joining Mercenaries and each will play in their own way. I mean, Lady Dimitrescu is over nine feet tall, so I guess that makes sense, right? And the third and final piece of the Winter's expansion is third-person mode, allowing you to experience the game from a whole new perspective. So I'm excited to go back to Village. Mm. I'm excited to see what happens with Rose because obviously... um, I don't know how to say this without spoiling. Obviously, that is... They already did it. That was going to be my point. They started it off with a freaking spoiler for anyone that hadn't finished the game. Yeah, so 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 this is obviously a time jump from the, the 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 period of Resident Evil Village where where Rose is a baby. So this has jumped, let's say, anywhere from sixteen to twenty years in the future. It's it's unsure certain how old she is. She looks like she's late teens, early adult in the trailer. So this is a yeah sixteen to twenty year time jump, and you're controlling Rose as you're going into this this warped reality and and. Walking through familiar surroundings from Resident Evil Village, but in yeah. just this nightmare fuel scenario. It looks interesting, though. I'm keen to see what they do with it. Did this incentivize or excite you to play Village at all? Oh, hell no. Um, like, <laughs> like I, I, like I, if I would have played Village, I would have played it by now. Um, yeah. Not have something like this be my, like... Like, don't get me wrong. I would love to play as Lady Dimitrescu. Um, I, I like that we could see, like her point of view and you're just like you're just towering Bow over down. people <laughs> and yeah um uh, yeah I, actually Resident Evil really knows what their audience wants don't they so mm-hmm. we, we got we got a VR mode and then we're gonna get a uh you know you you are Lady Demetresque so I'm, I'm gonna play the uh the mercenaries and just be Chris Redfield and just lay there and let Demetresque just step on me, Stop. And kill me. <laughs> Just take my life force, Lady oh. Alcina, please. And then um, after the, the RE Village announcements, we uh, had confirmation that Resident Evil RE-verse, which obviously oh, is the multiplayer game, which was originally set to launch alongside Village at the start of 2021, will officially launch on October the 28th as well. So RE-verse is a six-player PvP deathmatch game that puts players in the shoes of characters from across the Resident Evil series. Aesthetically... 
They've done a lot of work on the graphics since this was first announced. It looks a lot better. Mm. Do I care about it? Not really still, but at least it looks better. So there's a bit more of an incentive to give it a try, especially if it's going to be free. I was going to say. haven't confirmed nor denied if this is paid now, but I'm assuming it's going to be free. Maybe. I thought it had to be free. I thought it was bleh. <laughs> Um, I thought I honestly thought it was like a free game when you bought Village. I thought that that was the thing, but maybe I made that up. But it, oh, I don't know what the incentive incentive is to play this. Um, it's just, been uh, you know <laughs> just killing peeps, kill yeah. or be killed. So yeah. good a, luck to a them. lot of these PvP modes that they continually try to do in conjunction with these Resident Evil games. They rarely work. They rarely do. Uh, they nail the survival horror formula. They've got it down to a science. But when they try and mix in these other types of deathmatchy sort of uh, subsets, it just yeah. doesn't seem to be executed the right way. But hopefully with this extra, what, God, 18 months of marinating from when this game was meant to be released, hopefully it's going to come out and be good. And maybe maybe for owners of Resident Evil Village you get this for free but if you don't maybe the game's going to be like 10 bucks or something that's that's the only way i could see this being justified as a purchasable game uh, i don't yeah I, I don't think so i i just don't see a lot of people going out there and buying it and then what what, what hurts is that like if there's not enough people buying it or playing it then you don't have a server full of people yeah it's a cash 22 isn't it yeah. As a, as a live game, you need players, unless unless they're going to allow you to have bots on teams. But then how fun to. is that too? So and then we also got uh, some, some additional gameplay showcase of Resident Evil 4 Remake, uh, mm-hmm. which was the big addition as far as the, the showcase and this little, little gameplay slice was uh, seeing Leon Kennedy have the ability to move while aiming his gun now. So obviously in the original RE4, once, once you were ADSing, uh, you were you were stuck. Those feet were glued to the ground, but now you can be moving around and shooting as you go. So that's a nice little shift. They also <laughs> said that the game will also feature, in quotes, a lot of modern flourishes and that the Ganado have been completely redesigned. So this game, I'm excited for this next year. You know, Q1 coming out. It's going to be great. Let's see what they've done with uh, RE4 because it did uh, really elevate this franchise after it was getting a little bit longer in the tooth. Uh, at, mm-hmm. the, at the back end of those first few games. So that's cool. And then they closed it out by letting us also know the Resident <laughs> Evil 2 remake, Resident Evil 3 remake, and Resident Evil 7 are getting free next-gen upgrades for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S. These updates will add support for 4K, higher frame rates, ray tracing, and 3D audio. And better yet, they are all available right now. So... Free upgrades for anyone that already owns those games. And if you were to purchase those games from the PlayStation or Xbox stores respectively, they will have those upgrades ready to roll for you as well. So, uh, yeah, 30 minutes. Nice, tight, punchy. A couple of games that didn't really hit Exoprimal, for one. Uh, Street Fighter was a non-event, but I was excited to see a lot of Resident Evil there. And, yeah, it was was pretty much a Resident Evil showcase primarily because the rest of it sort of forgettable for me yeah i wouldn't necessarily call it a nice like tight showcase i felt like a lot of things were dragged on and like i actually truly could not believe like how much they would continue focusing on things and they would just keep going 
and going and talking about it. And yeah, like obviously, I feel like they did that mostly with um, Monster Hunter. There was like a it lot. Went long, yeah. it, it was a lot of stuff. Um, and obviously, Exo Primal went on for too long, and we still don't know exactly what the case is with that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the Resident Evil content just kind of kept going and going and going and going. And I, I, this. Like, this was definitely an event that maybe people could have missed. I know a lot of people felt like they had to kind of catch it live to, you know. But I definitely think that this one could have been missed. Could have been a video for later. When you think of these these developers or these publishers, when they announce they're going to have a showcase, you think there's going to be a big, huge, monumental announcement? So exactly. You, yeah, you feel you have to tune in. But a lot of this stuff we're already well aware of. Uh, and and you know knew of obviously Resident Evil 4 remake, it was announced in the last couple of weeks already. And we just so so there wasn't it. any any world first or world premieres. There wasn't really any of that. Was it the winter's expansion that they were just kind of banking on? Yeah, yeah, and and like that's cool. I'm excited to play it. Like we knew there was DLC coming. It's nice to at least get the confirmation that it's coming in October and that RE Verse is releasing the same day. So that's fun, but. Yeah, I was I was waiting to see some more announcements from some heavy tears, like you know, where's where's me Devil May Cry or something like that. Where's mm. where's something else from the Capcom archives that they could have tossed out there to get the world a little bit more hyped. But thirty minutes, like yeah, it did stretch in those parts. I, I completely agree with you there. But thirty minutes is much better than an hour, that's for sure. Like you know, thirty flew by, even though some parts dragged on. I don't know. Maybe it could have been twenty-five. Maybe it could have been twenty. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. You 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 landed on some good points there, but uh, I guess we can pivot now into the the largest showcase. So this this showcase was that big. It was broken into two parts. So we're talking about obviously the Xbox and Bethesda showcases, which uh, we had one or the extended cut run just this morning, and then we also had the the big primary ninety-minute showcase that was running. Uh, Australians Monday morning slash you know rest of the world Sunday evening uh, mm-hmm. as far as those time zones we got an absolute bucket load of games and announcements this kept a great pace like when we're talking about oh, Capcom yeah. being a bit bloated and stretched even though this did run for 90 minutes it was just bam 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 like I think they nailed the pacing of this but uh, I guess we can start sort of working our way through the the games and, and the main hit points it started off with Redfall, obviously the co-op FPS game from Arcane, which was slated for release at the back end of this year, but it is now coming uh, to Xbox and PC in 2023. We got a nice extended look at the game, the combat, the world itself. They talked about some of the characters, how the game plays. I'm excited to play Redfall, especially playing with some with some friends. It looks like it's going to be four players, or you can play solo, and they've confirmed that if you play solo, you can still get that singular arcane experience that you used to with stuff like Dishonored and Deathloop and stuff like that. So I'm I'm keen to play some some Redfall. Are you you excited to uh kill some vampires? No, I this, <laughs> this game, like I don't I don't know what it is, but I just have absolutely no interest in this game. But this like also stems from the original announcement trailer that we got last year or maybe the year mm-hmm. before. Like, like I believe it was mostly a cinematic as well. Um yeah. but yeah, like this was one of the trailers that, like, I felt like I'm like I don't care. I just like I'm I'm gonna 
I'm going to go look at my phone for a bit because I really just do not care about this title. I can see where, you know, other people probably enjoy it, but for some reason it's just, you know, it's just not on my pulse. That, uh, that hurt me like a stake to the heart. That was, uh, I, I, I thought you might be when, in on this. You, <laughs> you said the whole, you can play with like other people. I'm like, uh-oh, he's yeah, down one. Just like, where's the door? Where's the door? <laughs> Get me out of here. But um, yeah, like it's got that. It's got that arcane aesthetic, you know. Arcane have a very distinctive looking art style with their game, and this looks like it fits that same mold. Uh, I, I like the concept. I like the the combat and the abilities and mixing different certain classes to synergize uh, attacks and whatnot. But I definitely want to know more about it. I I didn't watch some of the extended dev diaries and stuff that they announced this morning in the the extended showcase. And there's a lot of stuff online where they're talking to people from arcane about what to expect with red four but from what yeah. i saw in the showcase i'm, I'm excited because yeah we only did get uh, like a, a, a gameplay a cinematic trailer last year when this was announced so i'm excited yeah. that we actually got to see some gameplay and i'm excited to play next year <laughs> sometime uh we also then got um some some gameplay on hollow knight silk song so obviously this is the long-awaited sequel to indie darling hit hollow knight uh, seeing you take on the role of Hornet as you traverse a mysterious and dangerous underground world of bugs and dark secrets. It's a 2D platform with obviously a ton of mobility and it's going to be playable day one with Game Pass. We got a lot of that in this trailer. They were hammering home the not-so-subtle messaging as far as console-timed exclusive or console exclusives or playable day one with Game Pass. Like It was a lot of flexing mm. and I guess... Jumping back, we should preface this by everything they showed in these showcases will be available to play in the next 12 months at time Thank of recording. Thank you. Thank you, Xbox. Thank you. It's like that is like one of the greatest things that they announced at the start of the showcase where they're like, everything we're showing you today is going to be with available within the next 12 months. So we maybe didn't get any official dates, but they're – they were essentially telling you you're going to get it within the um, the next twelve months. So, which that is was awesome, awesome to think about. Like knowing that between you know June to to June, uh, we are going to be playing all of these games. Barring you know, there's probably going to be a few okay, that might yeah. slip, obviously, as yeah. as is to be expected. But knowing all the games that they gave us pretty good focus uh, time on, as far as gameplay, cinematic trailers, debut announcements, knowing that they're that far in the development cycle, they're going to be playing them in the next three, six, nine, twelve months. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Perfect branding, perfect messaging. And yeah, I think that set the tone nice and early and got us very hyped. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but yeah, Hollow Knight, obviously fantastic little indie, really, really great Aussie smash hit. And excited to play some Silk Song, looks awesome, and and yeah, the fact that it, they've just sort of shoehorned that in with that day one game pass, even better. Yeah. Uh, then we got a trailer for a game called High on Life. So this was from the messed up minds behind Rick and Morty, as well as Solar Opposites, and it's a sci-fi FPS where you must use Gatlians, a race of sentient firearms, to take on an alien drug cartel, turning humans into hyperbongs. Hyper bongs. That's B O N G S. Yeah. Uh yeah, it, it was very distinctive. This game stood out amongst all the showcases. I loved and it. And <laughs> yeah, it was a fever dream of a game and, and I was like, all right, this looks great and I'm keen as a bean to play it. 
I love it. Um, especially these guns which talk back at you and kind of interact with you and everything that you're kind of doing. We even saw a blade with like an Aussie accent yeah, saying they want to steal. Like I, there's um, there was something very like, I, and I'm gonna use Borderlands um about the like kind of tone with the absurdity of weapons and like the comical attachment to like what they can do. Um, and then the overall story about an alien drug cartel that was using humans as like human bongs, like it's wild. Obviously it is, you know, the people of Rick and Morty, like, um, I, I am, I'm pretty on board with this one, actually. I don't know what it is. It just, it just looks like it's, it's going to be wild. It looks like it's going to be absurd. It looks like the the world that it's set in is both colorful but also a little bit disgusting like mm-hmm. I, I i like it i like it it really um it really connected <laughs> yeah like I, I don't think it's going to win game of the year awards but i think no. you're gonna have a great bloody time like you're going to be laughing hysterically and probably repulsed and like have some jaw drop gross out moments from this game because the tone yeah. is just so bonkers and so bizarre but i am all for it and Cool thing is we don't have to wait too long. It's coming out in October of 2022. So yeah. a couple of months down the line and obviously playable day one with Game Pass. So that's pretty heckin' cool. This next bit of news, I think this is one of the biggest announcements to come out of this past week by a long, <laughs> long way. So Riot Games is coming to Xbox. Well, we're talking coming to uh, PC Game Pass and so what, what's happened is all of Riot, all of the games under Riot Games' umbrella, including League of Legends, League of Legends Wild Rift, League, uh, Legends of Runeterra, Teamfight Tactics, and Valorant uh, will be available through uh, PC Game Pass. And to make this even more bonkers and appealing, games like Valorant and League of Legends, all character unlocks will be available so for valorant or league of legends all of those characters and heroes that you play will be available included in pc game pass saving you hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of dollars and this is a genius move by xbox or microsoft i think this is a huge get it's massive like these these games are like you know popular like globally like massively popular like league of legends obviously and valorant also has a pretty strong grasp in the esports scene and um just overall like on a global basis as well as um league of legends but like to also say like you know experiencing it from the microsoft microsoft perspective is we're going to give you all the characters which is a big deal big big deal um I this this like I I definitely think that this is a one of like you said like one of the bigger announcements that probably hasn't been getting as much attention as it probably should but I I think it's it's an incredible move it's a smart move and I think that um Microsoft is doing the right things here to get their foot in the door on a global level in countries that maybe they don't have um necessarily point in yet Bang on. Yeah, like where where Microsoft or Xbox has been traditionally weaker in some of the Asian markets where things like League of Legends is a, obviously it's a global juggernaut and Valorant has become that quickly as well. But through those Asian markets, it might be some good pull through to generate more sales for Xbox related hardware. But at the very least, 
the amount of money you're saving to get every agent in Valorant and every character in League of Legends alone is absolutely insane. And to have that included in, you know, your 15-ish AUD or 20 AUD, uh, if you've got the Game Pass Ultimate tier, yeah. is nuts. Yeah, nuts. it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's some massive, massive value. Like, I've, I've dabbled with LOL here or there, and I've wasted absurd amount of money on skins in those brief dabbles. So mm-hmm. knowing that I could just play this now through... Yeah, Game Pass Ultimate through the PC and have it all there. Will my heart be a little bit broken knowing that that money I've spent has now you know been washed away a little bit? But it's also cool knowing that I've got everything at my fingertips there. Like not not all the skins, but all the characters. Obviously, they'll still get you the money with the the skin rotations and stuff. But you'll have all the characters and agents to explore in League of Legends and Valorant, respectively. So Crazy. big time move there. Big time move from Xbox and Microsoft. Uh, we then got an extended trailer for A Plague Tale Requiem, mm-hmm. which I'm excited for. I loved the I first knew, game. Yeah. Very, very big fan. So I'm curious to see what happens as you, as you jump back into the role of Amicia and you're trying to uh, save save your little brother Hugo from the atrocities of the, the world from several hundred years ago. And, uh, yeah, you, you're seeing more of the, the horrible plague that is encompassing France and also knowing that Hugo has the powers and abilities to control this rat plague. You get a couple little nods where you get like rat vision, I guess we can <laughs> call it right now at the end where he controls this big swarm of rats to eat, to eat, um, and you know, an evil guard that's trying to do you harm. Obviously this game's come out in 2022 and it's playable day one with game pass. I can't wait. Hmm. I, I unfortunately really haven't played this title, although you might have to have a discussion with my husband. I think he I think he's interested in this game. It kinda looks like his kind of thing, so we'll talk. It's it's good fun and it's a great story. Really cool story. And mm. and one thing I wanted to just quickly add on the the gameplay that they showed us, Amicia she feels like she's moving a lot smoother and more uh fluidly. She's she's faster. Like yeah. she did like it was a little bit stiffer in the first game, where in this she's vaulting and like hiding under tables and moving a lot more swiftly. So I think it's going to add some nice uh some nice wrinkles or new wrinkles and uh options to the new to the combat and just the traversal, which is cool. So uh yeah, Plague Tale Requiem cannot wait for that. Uh and then we got the confirmation of Forza Motorsport. So uh yeah, they're sort of going back to the OG with the reboot. A good probably 5ish minutes worth of showcasing uh Forza in all its beauty, you know, racing games are some of the best looking video games you'll ever see in your entire life. And showing the structure and just the tiny little details on the vehicles and the customization you can do with that. And what happens when you take the cars into the pits and how, you know, environmental effects like dirt's building up on tires and water and scratches it. This game was gorgeous. Holy shit. I like, I'm as previously established like i'm not really much into racing games um horizon Force horizon being the one the one game that won me over um but i there's still like i have a level of appreciation of the amount of detail and effects that they've added to this one um it's it's very pretty it's very very pretty but i i know that the enthusiasts out there will um really really appreciate this one 
most definitely. So yeah, this is this is the traditional racing sim that is the uh, the bigger brother, I guess, to the arcadey Horizon offshoot of Forza. Yeah. So so yeah, you've got you've got both flavors there, depending on what you're looking for. It's coming out in US spring of 2023. So uh, we don't have to wait an awful long time. Obviously, everything that we're talking about here is going to be out within the next 12 months. Awesome. Mm. Uh, we've got some updates on Flight Simulator, the 40th anniversary. Um, cool. I, I can appreciate and respect and admire what they've done with these Flight Simulator games over all these decades. And the latest one is obviously getting a lot of love. Mm. I have still yet to play it. But uh, yeah, the 40th anniversary version will be coming out in November 2022. It's playable day one with Xbox Game Pass. And they've also confirmed that uh, the Pelican from Halo mm. win the game. So if you want to boon around with Cortana and Master Chief in tow, potentially, maybe, I don't know, you can do so uh, with, uh, with the Pelican as well. I like that the fight simulator um, matched up with the Smith- Smithos. Smithsonian? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> too, <laughs> too bad. These, um, the planes of history into the game that um, users can experience. So I, I like that they're like kind of making that connection there. So That's I, it. I, I yeah, like they, that. yeah, Pelican, we got helicopters, planes, jumbo jets. If, if you can fly it, you can fly it in flight simulator, it feels like. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty cool. And then uh, we got a bit of love, new trailer for Overwatch 2. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. it is uh, entering early access on October the 4th of 2022, coming to PC and Xbox consoles. Uh, yeah, some a little bit of story interweaving with some gameplay, uh, showcasing a new character known as Junk Queen as well. Um, mm. Haven't played Overwatch in quite some time. Haven't played Overwatch 2 at all uh, during some of these little uh, beta sprints that have had the things, but I look pretty, look like more Overwatch, which is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, kind of made me want to play um, Overwatch again. Uh, the second wave of beta testing um, experiences will be open on the 16th, she says, with not a great deal of confidence. But um, so they're obviously doing some beta testing before the early access. Um, I like the Junk Queen. Um, and it seems like a lot of other people really like her too. She's kind of cute. Um, I also seeing the cinematic for that her her little scene. I'm just like, God, like, I know you guys are pretty shitty and you've done a lot of shit, but someone needs to animate. Yeah, like th- this is a franchise that would be perfect on Netflix. Like, yeah, like or, or any streamer, but like we've seen what Arcane did on Netflix, an Overwatch animated series. Hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah. So. Uh, that's, that was definitely something that I took away from it because I'm just like, these characters are adorable. They've got a brilliant cast of voice actors. Like, you've got the story established there. Just go for it. I'm, I'm, I really believe it will do well. I, I think so. Yeah, like, the first Overwatch was a, was a global hit and obviously numbers have ebbed and flowed in the years following, but I think mm. Overwatch 2 will give it a nice little injection and reinvigorate the player base. Yeah. Uh, from there, we got a trailer for Ara, History Untold. Uh, which is where you can pretty much just rewrite history as you see fit. So yeah. so you can go all kinds of ways. Like this goes back into, you wouldn't say modern society, but you know, and anything after BC from what I can understand as far as tackling any of those big historical empires and, and you can use and abuse and tweak and build out the world and, and the greater universe. Uh, however you like, it looked pretty fun. Mm. I can't remember, I always forget her name, but they had... Um, 
that European woman's name, fantastic, not only in like actress, but she does a lot of voice, voiceover and voice acting work. She has a distinctive, like heavy, beautiful tone, gravelly, not gravelly. How would you, how would you describe I, I find that she, and she, and I, I think that this is the way that she usually gets casted. She has such a, a commanding yet knowledgeable and just like voice. So when you want to cat, when you want to, get a character that you know can command attention and also like you know tell a story essentially she does perfectly for that um she was in destiny destiny 2 um i also believe this game is done by some ex like civ devs civilization i believe you are correct yeah yeah so So we'll see some of their expertise they know how to how to make world builders and and sims so uh Hmm. Yeah, Ara History Untold. It looked interesting, that's for sure. Uh, obviously, it's going to be able, able to be played day one on Game Pass as well, which is yeah. great. Uh, we had a little bit of a Bethesda focus after that where they gave us a quick little slice on the new expansion for the Elder Scrolls Online, which is High Isle. Mm-hmm. It's coming out on June 21, so six days from today at time of recording. Uh, it's it's a big new expansion with new characters and new big bads to deal with. Uh, it's focusing on sort of the Breton race. Uh, looked looked interesting. I, I enjoy my time with Elder Scrolls Online, but I haven't been back in a quite some time and I don't think I'm going to go back for quite some time more. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and then we got uh, some, some DLC for Fallout 76 as well. Another, uh, obviously, MMO from Bethesda there in the Fallout universe where mm-hmm. the pit is seeing you trying to, I guess, fight with the various raiders that are controlling a part of Pittsburgh. Yeah, cool. Coming out in September, available on Game Pass, on PC and Xbox. It's another one. I fell off Fallout 76 really. Like, I enjoyed my time with it, but I just fell off so quick and just haven't been able to get back on. Yeah, hopefully this <clears> DLC <throat> content will uh, work out for them and, you know, get them in the bag. Yeah, I was trying to look at the numbers as far as live concurrence, and I saw on Steam, Fallout 76, I think it's averaging anywhere from 5,000 to 6,000 people, and mm-hmm. then on Xbox, roughly the same. So, like, 10,000 players, that's that's a like that's a still a good number, but it's not massive in compared to some of the other MMOs out there. So, so we'll see what happens with Fallout 76 in the long term. Mm. Uh, and then jumping back into the into the racing seat, uh, Forza Horizon 5 uh, announced and showcased the Hot Wheels DLC, which looks like a bucket of fun. I, the trailer did a good job of selling it. I just hope it's as wild and fun as the trailer showed because... It felt very um like the GTA custom race maps that you can do online. It looked very much like that, but very, very shiny, nice cars. Perfect way to describe it. And the great thing with this Hot Wheels DLC, it's coming out on July the 19th, or I guess July 20th here in Australia. So it's, uh, it's officially my birthday present. So thanks nice, to Forza for the Hot Wheels DLC coming to Xbox consoles, PC, and Xbox cloud streaming. Yeah, July 19 slash 20 in the AU. Then we got a, another little trailer for Ark 2. Some more dinosaur combat. Great. Big mean T-Rex. Great. Vin Diesel riding big mean T-Rex. Not so great, but uh, <laughs> coming out in, in 2023 on Xbox consoles, PC, and obviously Xbox cloud streaming services. I'm going to jump in to this with you on day one you know yep. let's let's reimagine our our 
arc lives and, and see if we can tame some of these beasts and build a little little arc community. But mm-hmm. uh, what do you think? Did this did this trailer move the needle for you at no. all? It was, no, it was a nothing. It doesn't trailer, give you anything. It? Yeah, it doesn't give you anything. So I, I'm not going to hold my breath. But I'll, I will take a reason to return to arc. So yeah, but you know what? You don't have to be blood to be a prehistoric family. So uh, it's good to know that that at least. So uh, you know, paraphrasing Vin Diesel as best I can, mm-hmm. or as worse. I don't know. I just no, don't I'm like sure. I'm sure you improve anything that that dude says. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think I could probably sing better than him, but that's a low bar to step over. <laughs> I still can't believe you showed me that song about twelve months ago. You're now, welcome. The next one, though, uh, definite needle mover for both of us. We got a extended gameplay trailer for Scorn, uh, which has been. On our radar, since the Xbox Series X slash S was announced years ago, we thought this was going to be like a day one release. It's coming out several years down the track. It's it's making its way to Xbox consoles, PC, and xCloud on October 23rd, 2022. And my God, does this game give me the heebie-jeebies in all the right ways. It looks gross. It looks so disgusting. I can't wait. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. Also, internet, stop calling us perverts just because we are really interested in this game. Like, we're not sickos. Like, we appreciate art of yeah, all forms. True. Yeah, it's 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 a love letter to HR Giga in every yeah, sense of the word. But you know what? It's also a nod to a lot of first-person shooters that I'm, I'm going to say that maybe the PC generation probably grew up with a little bit more where um, – titles like some first person shooters were a little bit on the gruesome side um I'm okay okay, okay. <laughs> um yeah there's there's been like a few titles where i remember games being first person shooters being a little bit more gruesome a little bit intense and maybe they never made their way to console so it feels like a bit of a nod to that as well so i think that's why it's maybe a little bit more confronting to the wider gaming space but i i love it i can't wait it's it's definitely a throwback to yesteryear from yeah PC centric shooters and even like I got like Hellraiser vibes I got Event True. Horizon vibes like so many oh. horror movies from the nineties mm. uh, that this game is is sort of taking inspiration from but it's going to be an uncomfortable game to play and oh, I mean yeah. that in the best way yeah I can't wait it's going to be great October two Halloween there you go guys. No excuse. Yeah, it's it's so gross. It's so gross, but I can't wait for it. Uh, then we got um, a trailer for a game called Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn. This game actually sort of piqued my interest. It's a third-person yeah. action game where you and your trusty, I guess you called it a dog. It's like a spectral it's spirit like a magic dog. dog yeah. thing, yeah. Canine, animal, mammal. And you're, you're venturing through a scorching fantasy world, taking out a ton of enemies with a whole host of melee Flintlock pistol and magic based abilities coming out in early 2023. It looked looked all right, um, nice and actiony, nice and arcadey. The graphics looked fun. The combat looked pretty fluid. Where you're sort of ground based, then you're using your your little fox dog spectral beasts companion abilities and sort of almost using these little warp gates and blinking around the map in the air. And um, yeah, I'm I'm keen. I'm this one uh, definitely was on my list as far as oh. Never heard of this until just now, but you have my attention. Yeah, <clears throat> not so much for me, but that's okay. That's fine. That's mm. fine. Did the next one get you though? Minecraft Legends was announced. So it's a new spin on Minecraft. 
Uh, it's an action strategy game set in the Minecraft universe where you need to ride around on your trusty steed, loot chests, and use your brain and fighting chops to take down hordes of enemies coming in 2023 on all the Xbox-centric platforms. No. It's... No. I'm, I'm fine. I, I'll stick with my traditional Minecraft. I'm fine too, but th- this game will make them millions of dollars as yeah. is Minecraft tradition. Uh, the next one, Lightyear Frontier. Some people like farming and a bit of chill uh, and a bit of space colonial, uh, colonialism with chill vibes. And for those people, there's Lightyear Frontier. In it, you take the role of an explorer on the frontier of space, building a home and growing some crops with a giant mech. It was like No Man's Sky without the drama. Yeah. And some farming elements. Yeah. Totally my game. <laughs> Even my... though space is scary. <laughs> This isn't scary space. This is this is this freaking, is good space. This is Stardew space. This is it looked so adorable. <laughs> it did look pretty adorable. It looked like it'd be fun, mm. and especially because you can colonize multiple planets and, and have your own little establishments and you know and any of those little world builders and and sim management games. They're always gonna uh, resonate here on the show. I think definitely grow that space cor- space corn. Space corn. That's the best kind of corn. I reckon it it'd be. make the best popcorn. Uh, we then got a, a trailer for Gunfire Reborn. Not a massive, big needle move for me. Cooperative mm. first-person shooter with some roguelite el- elements and cute animals. Awesome. Coming out in October on all the platforms. The next one, though, The Last Case of Benedict Fox. This looked kind of cool. Uh, it's, it's dark and mysterious. Uh, it's a 2D platformer where you're exploring the underbelly of an old mansion and uncovering eldritch dangers. Very spooky, very... Reminded me, lazy comp. Reminded me of like you know the the look and aesthetic and tone to like Scooby Doo almost. Oh yeah. In this mansion, hmm. but um, I'm interested. Love it's going to be day one of Game Pass available in US Spring 2023. It looked nice. It did. It did. Talk well today. Oh, we're doing great here. <laughs> uh, the next one we got some love on was As Dusk Falls. So it's a narrative based adventure where there is so many uh, butterfly effect scenarios and if-then logic going on in here. Mm-hmm. The art style, very unique, very comic booky, Graphic uh, novel, like, yeah. Yeah, graphic novel is, is the perfect way to describe it. Cool thing is it's coming out on July 19th as well, so a wow. second birthday present for myself. Thanks, Xbox. But, uh, yeah, look, look kind of cool. And I, and I love these narrative choose-your-own-adventure type of games where you can Multiple get these endings. unique experiences. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I like that sort of stuff too. Yeah, and yeah, it stood out from, a, from an aesthetic point of view. The next one made me think about downloading this and I've pre, pre-loaded the download for Naraka Blade Point. So that's a third-person action battle royale game from um, NetEase. So it's making its way to Xbox console. And the cool thing is that it's going to be cross-platform. So you'll be able to play mm. with PC players and Xbox players alike. Uh, you know, the, the anime weeb fanboy in me yeah. <laughs> got very excited to live out my my samurai and, and brutal combat fantasies here. Will yeah. I be very good at this game? Probably not, but I'm going to give it a spin because it's not costing me anything apart from time. Yeah, it looks intense, but it also looks very pretty for that kind of style of game, so... No, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, the next one, Pentiment. It's a 2D medieval adventure game where you, as an artist living in the times, must go through and experience all of the troubles, joys, and horrors present uh, present as you explore the world around you. So this is coming day one on Game Pass. This is the new game by Obsidian. 
Mm. Uh, sneaky little announcement from those heavy hitters at Obsidian. Looked kind of fun. Looked interesting. You're going to give Pentiment a spin? I probably will. I love the art style and what they're trying to stay true to with um, how uh, illustrations were in the time and kind of keeping it to that. Um, I, it's it, it definitely it's got me curious. So I'll look look forward to looking into this one a little bit more. And and the tone and the writing, like Obsidian, are, are great narrators yeah. as far as building out stories exactly. and you can sort of see it in this little slice of the, the gameplay demo that that they're hitting on some great tone and some good wit uh mm-hmm. we've also got confirmation that grounded is moving out of its early access state and be releasing in full in september and they're also confirming that this is going to include the full story and that on the back of that comes with a ton of obviously weapons and customization options. Grounded is an awesome game, awesome concept. Obviously, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in video game form. Exactly. But if you got phobias about big bugs and spiders and things, mm. uh, this game might freak you out a little bit. I don't they have like a filter or something? I think they I remember. Do. You can yeah. turn the spiders into like a blob. Yeah, something along those lines, which I appreciate. They obviously knew that that was probably going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm I'm keen to keen to give this a go when it comes out in I've full like just to, just to try it i've never yeah, played, I've played it. it for about two hours okay it's a good fun cool mm. concept yeah september time. on everything and game pass uh then we got erebon shadow legacy stealth action game looked interesting didn't uh move the needle a ton for me me either but uh yeah looked 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 uh like it could be fun it could be challenging as far as the uh, the, the stealthiness of it that you need to uh, be be managing there before these robots get you. Yeah. Next one. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Erebound Shadow Legacy. I'm sure you're going to do great. Coming in 2023. The next one though, one of the other big announcements or the, one of the one of the big takeaways for me, uh, Diablo 4 got an extended trail. They've also confirmed that the fifth and final uh, class is going to be the Necromancer. Mm. And holy guacamole, this game looked great. It's coming in 2023 to PC and Xbox consoles. The world itself, like, I only played Diablo 3 in the last 18 months or so, but this game, <laughs> night and day, graphically looks stunning. The verticality, awesome. The fact that there's story and voice acting in the game now, so I can actually get some narrative and care. I'm down. Like, uh, there's a lot of it that still feels like traditional Diablo to me. Um, The big boss battles that you can kind of do with friends, like, that's what got me. I was very excited to see this giant boss just in the main map area with with the vomiting gold, with his, you know... His big giant, like, brick arm thing. Yeah, it was amazing. I actually am really looking forward to that kind of, like, boss battle, you know, fight that kind of happens just anywhere randomly. Um, They went into a lot more detail on essentially what they're going to add to the game as well once you finish story. They're essentially saying, like, hey, even though the story's over, there's still going to be a ton of content and we're going to keep on working on it for years to come, which is always good to hear considering how loyal the fan base is. Bought the game three times. Um, So, (laughs) um, yeah, it's pretty hype. A lot of people are pretty excited for it, so... And the, the character customization, as yeah, far as having well, those five classes, you can obviously it's in Diablo Immortals. You're seeing it now that you mentioned yeah, on the mobile exactly. game, but they're bringing that into Diablo Four, so you yeah. can make those classes your own. Yeah, and cool. the Necromancer is also in um, Diablo Immortal, so um, people can kind of get a taste of it there. So, 
yeah, this this looked really good. And as you mentioned, those big world battles, which almost become like a raid boss. So, mm. so your party of four, then it looks like there's almost like 20, 20 members. So I guess you it join like an instance lot. with yeah. a ton of other people trying to strategize and take down those big hell beasts. Strategize. Yeah. <laughs> Point and click. Swing harder, boy. <laughs> Looks so good, though. I'm, I'm excited. I'm in. Uh, we got a Sea of Thieves update, uh, which they're calling the Captain update. It's coming out on July 21. Uh, and the biggest part of it is you can uh, customize and name your own boat and also give you some other ease of access where you can sort of sell loot in, a, in new spots and quicker ways to sort of generate those gold coins. But it's just great. It's just charming, Loved this game. It. Loved yeah. the loved the little musical number that they did for this. I think it's brilliant, creative, original. It stood out and it just also just maintains the essential vibe of the game. So I thought it was just a great little little update announcement that was done really well. It's it's one of Microsoft or Xbox's biggest success stories. Like this game has just gone from strength to strength and the player base is in the tens and tens of millions. Like And extremely awesome loyal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. And Rare just keep churning out new content all the time to keep you coming back. So that's cool. Uh, then also had uh, some some showcasing of Ravenlock. Uh, it's a third-person action-adventure game um, where you sort of this this young young girl, this young heroine, and she gets pulled into a mirror into a creepy world. Hmm. And like Alice looks, in Wonderland. looked interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very Alice in Wonderland. No uh, no Cheshire Cat in a tree anywhere, but uh, plenty of other weird pixelated beasties. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, like, it looked interesting, but I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say too much about it necessarily drew me in as a day one kind of thing to be interested in. I might see it in passing in the future and give it a try. Mm. But this next game, I reckon we might uh, be having a peek at. So Cocoon was the the next game on the release slate, and that's from the mind behind Limbo and Inside. Uh, but the big thing with Cocoon, as far as the color palette, it went from that that grayscale muted color palette to vibrant color and just pops of just all kinds of brightness everywhere on the screen. And you're yeah. playing this small little bug boy where you've got to solve a whole host of puzzles that are color related from what i can see as far as dropping certain things into certain pipes to open it with the color correlation there mm. uh but it looked interesting it looked very un limbo or inside but i'm going to reserve judgment because i don't think that's a bad thing i don't think <clears throat> it's a bad thing for people that are in within a gaming space to kind of branch out from what they're known for and really extend their abilities into something new and different I will admit that when I saw that they were going to announce something and saw this trailer, I was a little disappointed. It wasn't what I was essentially expecting. And overall, it's just a, it looked like a very like basic kind of puzzler, um, puzzle game. So, I, yeah, no, that's a no for me, unfortunately. Yeah, no, same thing. Like, I, I, I guess I had a preconceived idea that it was going to have a certain tone and look. Yeah. And then it was so far from that that idea that I built up in my mind. But we'll see. It could still be really fun coming out in 2023. See day one on Game Pass, as is tradition here on mm. this uh, showcase recap. Then we got a announcement and a trailer for Wolong Fallen Dynasty. Uh, it's coming from the mines at Team Ninja, and it actually features some real-world historical figures like Lu Bu alongside some fantastical elements like a giant evil dragon with a split draw. It looked awesome this trailer was cool if this is almost like 
Xboxes, if they're trying to like bring like obviously the Team Ninja games and the Ninja Gaiden games, they were always high degree of difficulty. Like they weren't mindless hack and slash. You were getting beaten down repeatedly. And if they're mm. going to try and take that sort of Soulsborne formula here and try and compete with From Software with something like this, I'm all for it. Obviously, we had the the Neo games which were set in that sort of samurai feudal area uh, feudal timeline as well yeah but we're getting more of that here with Wo long fall and dynasty it looked looked really cool really cool trailer it was one of the ones that stood out for me yeah no it's not necessarily a game that's um for me it's just like every time like i see these kind of like almost um these timeline pieces i always just think about tenchu oh god one, one yeah. of the goats yeah one of the goats. and it's just like when's when's the next tenchu I just still remember the the first mission in Tenchu so vividly where you get to the final boss and I remember you sort of breaking through the roof and you're fighting this evil shogun guy and, and he's like, oh, it looks like you chose the wrong party to crash and he's sort of doing this like hip thrust thing and then you kill him and, and the bosses ran away and then it was like, Echigoya, where have you hidden? And he was so disheartened, <laughs> this, the ninja you were playing and then you go find him and kill him anyway, but so good. Creepy. I used to love cutting people's heads off and arms off in that game. I like stealthing and just doing like... <laughs> yeah, and, and throwing the poison buns down yes, yes. and watch them get an upset tummy. <laughs> Such a good game. Yeah, bring bring back Tenchu, please. One of, one of the goats. Uh, another, another big announcement. Massive. Uh, Persona is on Xbox at last. So Persona 3, Persona 4, and Persona 5. So we're talking about not the mainline Persona 5. We're talking about uh, like Royale and stuff mm-hmm. like that and like the PSP variations of some Persona of these games. Persona 4 Gold, yeah. Yeah. So three legendary JRPGs which are very beloved and they've been uh, tied to PlayStation for a very, very long time, mm-hmm. uh, making their way to Xbox. Staggered releases, so... Uh, five is going to be coming out on October 21 of 2022, and then the other two will be coming out at dates later to be confirmed. But uh, another another big move, another winds of change going on here where we're seeing franchises and, and personalities that have typically been synonymous with PlayStation over the years now jumping in with Team Green. Yeah, this one hurt the PlayStation fan base. For the you know those kind of like fans... Um, they were genuinely quite shocked to see that Xbox got the upper hand um, and got some of these titles. So um, I'm excited because, like, I've seen a lot about Persona and it seems like a really fun game. Um, so I might I might play it. Like, Hell yeah. Persona 5 has a great soundtrack and it looks really cool. So maybe, maybe now I'll play it. It's so great. But um, the short version with Persona 5 is most adults are evil. You can't trust any of them because they're all sexual predators and violent abusers. That's that's my takeaway from Persona 5, but it's great and it's really cool and I'm happy to see more great games end up on both platforms. And I'd be saying hmm. the same, like if there was Xbox-specific titles that have been with Xbox for decades going to Sony, I'd be saying the same thing. Like Fable on PlayStation. Oh, see, I wouldn't be sad about that because Fable's great and we've got a new one on the way. Uh, which we didn't get any announcements about at all no. on the showcase, which is a shame. Um, one of the other big big boy announcements here, uh, which has been long rumoured, this has been marinating for a while. We, we've we've covered this in sort of rumour pieces in the news on THG over the last, God, I don't know how many years, 12, 18 months at least, right? Maybe yeah, at two least 12 years. months. At least 12 months. And whispers. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And whispers. whispers, yeah. But it's been confirmed that the, the next game that Hideo Kojima is working on with Kojima Productions is a game for Xbox platforms. So we don't know anything about the game. We don't know who's in it, what style of genre. Kojima was very happy, as as he always is and always seems to be, and he said this is the game that he's been wanting to make his entire life. So that's that's a big line to say. Obviously, that's tied into the Xbox cloud, something yeah. he mentioned there. Yeah, so I'm assuming it's going to be a live game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the other takeaway was that he kept on, he, he said the line, I, I look forward to starting on this game, like start on the game. And I'm like, oh uh-huh. shit, we, we haven't even started on it. So this is just, this is, this is that new new. So yeah, this could be the back end of like the 2020s. Like this could be yeah, see into a five it, year. <laughs> yeah. This could be a five year release cycle before this thing hits consoles. But is this tied into the other rumors churning um, around the internet about Overdose, the the horror yeah. game that has the the actress that played Mama in Death Stranding as Could the be. lead? Is Could it be. this game, or is that another game that Kojima Productions is working on, as well as a sequel to Death Stranding? So, yeah, Kojima Productions keep very busy. Yeah, good for them. But another big win there for Xbox because Hideo is Sony. Hideo is PlayStation. Yeah, exactly. And um, the Xbox and Bethesda showcase closed up with an extended look at Starfield where they they showed some cinematics. They showed a lot of gameplay. They talked about how it works. They talked about a thousand planets to potentially visit and explore and colonize. They talked about the overall narrative. They talked about the customization for the characters, building your own spaceship from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in on Starfield. Like this is like I'm a Bethesda fanboy, and fantasy RPG in space. Let's go. Yeah, this one looks um, really, really pretty. Um, the the environmental textures and just the overall details are pretty impressive but then in contrast to the facial animatic it felt like a like a elder scrolls uh npc um mm-hmm. like just maybe a little bit updated like i i saw a lot of uh, elder scrolls in those characters just talking to you I, there were a lot of comparisons made to no man's sky um i see them I see the similarities. Uh, then there were obviously other things that you can't do in No Man's Sky that you can do in this game and vice versa. Uh, I think that it, No Man's Sky fans should be happy because then you guys can kind of maybe experience a different type of uh, space exploration experience with story attached and so on. But um, overall, it looks like, like it, it was really good to see such detail in this content that a lot of people have been waiting for that they they didn't half ass that they just like they full assed it as we call it um and <laughs> you know really served up everything and gave it to everyone and explained it and showed everything in detail inc- including gameplay um so um I, th- I think this was a great way to end and the right way to end it and uh, the overall you know bow to a really good showcase yeah, Todd, and Todd Howard's just a dude. I, I love the way he presents and the way he speaks. And mm. I'm, I'm just going to contrast back to, to Jeff Keighley where I poo-pooed on his shiny shoes, less shiny jacket. Todd Howard had the, the shiny brown shoes and the shiny jacket, equal levels of shininess. 
I, I approve, Todd Howard. You're, you're looking the business up there. And yeah, it was a great way to end a very tight, focused showcase. And we got a good, good look at what to expect with Starfield. And I'm with you. Like, you can see the No Man's Sky comparisons through a lot of it. And that's not a bad thing. Like, imitation is the highest form of flattery. And No Man's Sky does a lot of things really, 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 really well. Yeah, and we definitely see other space exploration titles that also take those same um, elements. So, um, you know, just to say that, like, oh, Starfield's copying, it's like, well, no, like, you know, No Man's Sky obviously set the groundwork and worked really hard to establish this um, overall, you know, space exploration experience and, you know, to be, you know, take elements of it or be inspired by that is, you know, a, a good nod to the team. 100%, 100%, yeah. Hello Games can sort of tip their hat and, you know, a bit of a fist bump to know that they've probably uh, influenced this game so heavily. One thing that's come out um, this morning regarding Starfield is the the traversal from yeah. planet side into space where obviously in No Man's Sky you can take off and hit Land your thrusters anyway. and warp straight <laughs> into space. Yeah. In this, it's going to be, you're going to take off get into orbit and I guess there's going to be like a load screen and then it's going to have you in space. So it's not going to be a seamless ascent or descent in. It's going to load you in. Mm-hmm. There has been a bit of hullabaloo about that on the internet already. Like it would be cool to have that moment because that is really great about No Man's Sky where it's seamless going from um, space to, to topside on a, on a rogue planet. But Exactly. You know what? I'm keen. Like I love Bethesda and how they write stories and... No Man's Sky had a great universe, but obviously the story was told to you in a very subdued, subtle way with little little kernels that you find occasionally here and there where this is going to have you a bit more of a direct hand-holding where you, know, you have markers on a map to go here to talk to characters and stuff and I'm, I'm all for it so yeah coming out in 2023 on all the on all the xbox related platforms big way to end it and then this morning obviously we had the xbox games extended showcase where we got a lot of deeper dives with studio devs on a lot of the games that we've just mentioned and covered there so it's worth a look at and they also had some coverage of xbox fan fest which has obviously been running all around the country mm. i wanted to go to it on monday but that 3am start was just not um, yeah, in rough. my dna this year yeah. so so appreciate our xbox i did have an invite and i feel horrible for not going but at the same time i just love my bed too much 3am's <laughs> rough it's tough it's tough but also we got a got a sneaky sneaky showcase for the texas chainsaw massacre game which is coming out in early 2023 looks horrible looks great in all the best ways leatherface and co chasing you around really gory trailer well worth a look at coming day one on game pass and then that showcase was ended with um some focusing on Stalker 2 and a broader snapshot on what it means to be working in the Ukraine right now. Like Mm. it was completely different to everything else we've seen this past week as far as showcases and feature pieces. And it was great that Xbox took the time and allowed something as sensitive and as important as the situation in Ukraine to get this type of global spotlight in something like in, in a video game showcase. So it was, exactly, was well done yeah. and it was tough to watch. Like you feel for everyone involved over there, whether it be with the game or just living in the Ukraine or the surrounding areas in general, like it is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I'm just seeing the devs blogs, um, blogs um, that they were taking essentially of how they were kind of like set up like, like some of them were just you know 
tied up into their bathroom or whatever or just you know living within like the resources in a box and everything um I, I I it was really good to see that Xbox took that initiative of like you know ending off a, a event like this with a more serious note and um for people to kind of really think about like where your games come from and the people who make them and how things affect them so no, I totally agree it was was a nice nice way to end it a uh, yeah, different tone to Starfield getting showcased on on Monday slash Sunday but I think it was was really well really well showcased and highlighted and hopefully it got a lot of people thinking and allowed them to be a little bit more respective uh, respectful sorry and appreciative of where games come from and the real people behind making those games exactly well, I guess um, we, we could end this episode with our overall thoughts and showcase standouts from the Xbox and Bethesda showcases. So, Miss Hart, did you want to? Did we want to go like back and forth here, or do you like we've got four each? Did you want to rattle all four of you off, or do you want to? I'm happy just. I'll just. I'll just. I've pretty much I've said what I've said about these titles anyway. But the four that I kind of like highlighted, um, I'm sure we've got a lot of similarities anyway. But the four that I've mm-hmm. highlighted is High on Life. Wonderful Wackiness, Awesome, uh, Scorn, Disgusting, Gruesome, Awesome, um, Arc 2, Vin Diesel, Not So Great But Dinosaurs, Awesome, uh, and then Persona on Xbox, um, Sexual Pervs, Destroying Them, Awesome. <laughs> Maybe not in that order. Yeah, definitely Destroying Them, Awesome. Uh, yeah, like I, I completely agree with those four you mentioned. And yeah, to, to make a little bit different, I'm going to say Diablo 4 showcased that really got me excited uh yeah as a recent adopter to the diablo universe had a fine time with diablo 3 but diablo 4 has got its hooks in me Mm -hmm. and i can't wait to play that early next year uh riot games and kojima so so they're two of the biggest announcements from this past week by a wide margin those riot games dropping on pc game pass huge and the fact that you're getting all those agents and all those characters from valorant and league of legends such a big cost saving incentive there to jump onto game pass and obviously yeah kojima who is uh one of sony's beacons of hope you can say from the past (laughs) several decades partnering up officially with xbox to release his next game definitely a watch this space there and then i just wanted to say starfield like it looks to be everything I was hoping this game to be. And I'm very excited to play it in 2023, somewhere between now and next June, because every game we just spoken of is outside of the Kojima game. Well, but yeah. I guess he didn't specifically announce the game either. He just said he's working with Xbox. So yeah. some loophole area there. <laughs> um, Phil Spencer, you got away with that one. But yeah, every one of these games we're going to be playing on whatever platform in the next 12 months. And that is awesome. So uh, more dev, more publisher-centric showcases. Do it with that tighter timeline in mind. Yeah. Everything coming out in the next 12 months. That's awesome because it gets the hype levels high and gets everybody excited for what's to come. Exactly. But overall, I think this is one of the stronger Xbox showcases or events they've done in quite a few years. I agree. Kit everything for me there was a couple of games that you know missed from a personal standpoint but overall i loved it the time flew by it was punchy announcement 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 didn't get too bogged down in in too many titles and it just kept the good times rolling exactly i agree um i think that this was definitely a 
probably out of all the showcases that we've seen the past day, few days, this has been the standout one on, you know, obviously big titles, but a better flow, a better sequence, and um, kind of hoping that maybe uh, next year, uh, obviously we'll have more titles, but then maybe Games Fest, uh, the, the actual showcase might be able to take a few notes. Mm, definitely. Well, they've got live audience next year for Game Fest. Uh, oh, Jeff no. Keel has confirmed. So we'll no. see how that <laughs> changes that dynamic too. But yeah, that brings us to the end of our showcase or Summer Game Fest extended coverage here for THG. Obviously, we're going to be taking a little bit of a mini break with episode 289 of THG in the regular format, dropping on Monday, June 28th. So... Yeah, we're mm. going to have no release coming out this coming Monday. We're going to have a little bit of a break and then the episodes will come back to their normal rotation in Monday week. Keep an eye out for our spoiler cast on the quarry dropping in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you can check out the new Elvis movie next week, Minions, The Rise of Gru, or Umbrella Academy Season 3 oh, drops yeah. on Netflix next week as well. So plenty of things to keep you occupied over the next... 14 days or whatever by the time the episode comes out. But uh, Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of THG 288. Anything else you wanted to say before we shut this sucker down? Yeah, don't forget, guys, we actually have a Discord and uh, we've been talking a bit back and forth about what we liked, what we, you know, what we were interested in. A few people have pointed out a few titles that maybe we've missed that they've been looking into. So if you just want to chat what we've been going through the past few weeks, something that maybe caught your eye that we didn't mention, um, hop on the Discord. Let us know. We, we love discussing uh, all the new titles that have kind of been mentioned and maybe the ones that we, we didn't get to see. Definitely. And that link is in the show notes of the podcast here. So just click down on that expanded episode description, click that discord link. It should route you straight there. If it doesn't hit me up on the social that Brendan 8 bit and I'll get you a fresh link. Uh, follow Miss Sally Hart at Miss Sally Hart. Follow us all as a 8-bit collective slash whole at we are 8-bit. But until next time, 8-bit nation, where we see you in a little while's time. It's been our pleasure to bring you this coverage. Much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.